The Be Free campaign hosts Being Free with Shantanu Kundu, a podcast that looks at mental health, well-being, making the most of your life. I'm Shantanu Kundu, your host. I'm a student doctor at the University of Liverpool, and I'm also the founder and director of the Be Free campaign, a mental health charity aims to demolish the stigma behind mental health and promote the free expression of individual This is an exciting episode, as I've got a co-host this time, it's Destiny Kumari, one of our ambassador managers. And today's special guest is Nuna Kamhari. She's registered with the Association of Nutritionists, and she's an influencer with over 11,000 followers on Instagram. Please welcome Destiny Kamari and Nuna Kamari. Ooh, it rhymes. Hi guys, how are you doing? Yeah, hi, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. Um, I am Nuna Kamhari and I, my brand is Nutrition with Nuna. Um, and I'm a nutritionist. I graduated last September uh, with a master's from King's College um, London in nutrition. And um, ever since then, I've just sort of been um, kind of educating people about nutrition and um, yeah. Great, and Destiny? Um, I'm Destiny Kamari and I am the ambassador manager for the Be Free campaign. Um, I am an undergraduate second year psychology student um, and my role is to work with the ambassadors um, to actually create new content and use that content um, in, in help with our campaign. So, so today's just going to be a bit of a chat about mental health, um, a bit of sort of looking at nutrition and its value in mental health. Um, learning a bit more about um, you know, how people can help help themselves at home. I think you know during this lockdown, well-being has been sort of not really looked after as, as, as well as we'd hope, um, and we've it's sort of left us in a in a, a ditch here where people don't really look after their own mental health, but also their physical health. Um, their nutrition has sort of gone downhill, and so I think it'll be a great conversation today to talk about that. So, so. It's interesting to hear that you've, you know, you've basically formed your whole life of education around nutrition. So what made you go into that originally? Was there anything in particular? Well, um, I mean, I've always sort of been interested in nutrition from a personal uh, point of view. Um, but I just sort of did it on the side or I'd, I'd research things in my own time just purely because I wanted to know for myself. Um, but in the meantime, as a teenager, I was um, sort of developing my love for science and um, I decided to do science. Um, so I did cell biology um, as my undergrad at Manchester. So I've always had this sort of innate um, preference for um, sort of like learning scientific things and understanding things from a scientific point of view. Um, and then I found that during my degree, I was always trying to relate what I was learning in my lectures back to my own health and my own nutrition and trying to sort of um, link the two. And I ended up doing my dissertation on like metabolism and I was always sort of choosing those topics that were always linked to sort of health and metabolism and then nutrition and stuff. So yeah, it did start from a personal, um, personal point of view, but 
I also loved um, advising yeah. my friends about what I knew. So I'd always sort of have, I guess, little sessions where I would give advice on nutrition, even though I didn't even realise yet that that's what I wanted to do. So I guess everything put together sort of, um, it made sense for me to go on and do a nutrition MSc. Yeah, definitely. And so now you come out, come out of that and you're thinking, well, let's go into this as a full-time career almost. And so yeah, what exactly. have been the challenges you faced there? Is there? Are there any sort of challenges you've been seeing so far? Well, yeah, I guess. So basically when I started my blog, um, I, I was sort of three quarters of the way through my nutrition MSc. And I think looking back, I was quite naive because learning about nutrition and learning about science um, is very different to understanding how um, how to approach um, sort of dealing with clients and putting advice out there and putting information out there to the public. So when I first started um, blogging and giving advice, the way that I um, sort of articulated what I was saying, I don't think I was being sensitive enough to how uh, the lay audience may receive it. Um, and I had a lot of um, people reply to some of my stories saying, you know, like, people are going to misinterpret this, you can't say it in this way. And we weren't taught that at uni. Um, we were just taught, you know, the, the science and the principles. We weren't taught, you know, how do you tell someone, um, you know, that they need to do something or, um, or how do you tell someone that this is um, appropriate, but, you know, you don't have to stick to it to be healthy. And uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we weren't taught at uni that I've had to sort of learn myself through looking at the way other nutritionists talk, looking at, um, listening to podcasts, learning about what's sort of the ethics of nutrition. Um, and that's been a challenge, but you know, it's like, it, it knocks your confidence sometimes when you think you've written something that's going to benefit people. And then someone replies and says, you know, the, that can be really misconstrued. You know, it can really, can really affect someone's perception on nutrition by the way you word things so yeah that's definitely been a challenge I was just gonna uh, ask as well um, as part of when you knew that you wanted to do nutrition um, have you been like in communication from from self teaching yourself about how to like word these things um, that you kind of missed out on at uni because they don't really teach it um, have you been like networking with other nutritionists and like how beneficial has that been for you yeah it's helped so so much like I mean when you come out of uni as a nutritionist you're um you spend the next three years doing CPD to to uh, become registered and like part of that is having a mentor and finding someone who um, is a registered nutritionist who will sort of guide you through um because it's not you don't learn everything that you need to know at uni, which I didn't actually realise. Um, so I keep in contact with all my old um, nutrition uh, fellow students. Um, and I've made so many friends, like other nutritionists on social media, where they've told me their experiences and it's helped so much, honestly. So yeah, networking is, is so important in this in this field of work. Amazing. And so I think, um it's something that that's come up a lot recently is been the role of nutrition and mental health so mm. if you see um sort of boris johnson coming out um a few few months ago he, he he had covid and he said that his experiences with um sort of covid and the reason it got so bad was down to his obesity 
and his lack of nutrition, lack of vitamins. Um, and so that's almost sort of, you know, a positive thing in terms of how we can work with with people to improve their health. But it's also about trying to trying to look at and teach people what what the links are between nutrition and mental health. What do you think those links are, and, and how do you go about sort of explaining that to the people? You know what? It's really it's really complicated because I mean, there's there's evidence emerging now, lots more evidence showing a direct relationship with what people eat and how they feel, and this can be on like a short-term level so I mean foods that can affect your diet your mood directly you know by what you eat um for example if you eat lots of high sugar foods you know you might feel really happy um, in an instant and then an hour later you're feeling drained and moody again but then there's also the long-term um link between nutrition and mental health and that's Mm. the way that um nutrition can actually help in the prevention development and management of mental health problems and that includes things like depression anxiety schizophrenia um and i mean that like each link is so um is so different from the others and it's a lot of detail to go into but i do think um you know one in six people i saw a figure the other day one in six people have experienced a mental health problem as common as anxiety or depression so it's really important now that we as a nation sort of try and understand more about the role of diet um in mental health um and those yeah and just try and find out even more about those different links yeah yeah i mean so i talk about this book a lot it's um the four pillars of sort of uh, of a healthy lifestyle so towards a, a, a better happier more fulfilling life by dr Raghun chatterjee and so he talks a lot about um you know eating as one of the main pillars and he talks about how we should be getting all of our vitamins and all of our nutrients from food and that i think in this country is not that not really what happens i mean even myself i i'm on supplements you know i use different sprays um and mm. and it's, it's sort of this idea that well we should be getting everything from food um does that mean we're yeah. not living healthy lives or balanced lives and how would you go about sort of recommending people's diets change positively so yeah i mean he's he's right so as a nutritionist um supplements and all these kind of vitamins and stuff that you would take in pill form that really is like our last port of call um if you have a balanced healthy diet and you are a healthy individual um you know you don't have any um serious illnesses you should be getting all your all your nutrients minerals vitamins everything that um should be coming from your food if you have a balanced diet um and when it comes to well firstly vitamin d in the uk we're actually all supposed to take a vitamin d supplement in the winter because um i don't know if you know but we get vitamin d from the sun and obviously in the uk with how the weather is and um we're not really guaranteed a lot of sunshine um we do need to take a vitamin d tablet every day um, in the winter especially um, but everything else um, as long as you have a balanced diet um, and that includes you know eating a, a variety of colors of vegetables um, a good source of protein a different you know different varieties of proteins as well um, whole grains you know dairy if you don't eat dairy then you need um, some kind of dairy alternatives such as soya drinks um, 
drinking eight, six to eight cups of water a day is so important. And then when it comes to food and drinks that are high in fat and sugar, you know, you don't need to deprive yourself of them. You just need to sort of um, have them in moderation. They do have a place in your diet. You know, my personal um, approach is not to deprive yourself of anything, but to just to, to sort of eat as healthily as possible. Um, I think that that really can just help you have a, a balanced diet and be healthy. Oh, I was just I was just gonna say that also. It's um, in terms of like with the food and not depriving yourself of anything. Um, is it in lockdown especially? We've had a lot of. Um, uh, we've had a lot of like unhealthy eating behaviours, um, especially because of the situation. Um, and to go from like unhealthy in behaviours to then like um, eating very healthy and all these foods that you're saying, how do you keep it? How do you keep being motivated to be consistent with it? And is is it like bringing in colours and like because we get and, and flavours? We get a lot of the flavours and that, that like from chocolate and like sweets and stuff. It's like. How do, yeah. we, how do we keep motivated? Is it through like the colours of the food and like the flavours and things like that? We can keep it sustainable. I think the key is to just have a variety, um, and that includes you know your junk foods. I don't like calling them junk foods. I don't know if you've read my article, but I think when you label certain foods as bad or good, that's when you start to, you know, if you're having a bad time, you start piling up loads of junk foods because you want to treat yourself um so that's why i don't like calling them junk foods but if you have a variety of you know vegetables um whole meal foods protein and then you also include you know your favorite snacks and chocolate and so that as long as you're having a variety of everything you're still a healthy um individual um it's when it's when the sort of the scales start to tip towards um all your food is sort of brown and high in saturated fats high in sugars um that's when um your balance your diet is not as healthy so as long as you're sort of um keeping a balance as a whole and looking at your diet as a whole you know don't look at you know one day oh no i ate all i ate was chocolate all i ate was crisps i'm just an unhealthy person and tomorrow i i'm just gonna do it again because i can't be bothered um i think that sort of mental um that sort of mentality is what is um hard to keep yourself motivated and i think if you look at your your diet as a whole in that week you know yes i might have had a day where i ate really badly or yes today i ate some chocolate when i did uh, when i shouldn't have um you know as long as your diet around those habits are healthy and you're eating lots of um, greens and colorful foods then you shouldn't worry about it and I think when you stop worrying that's when you just feel motivated to um, just carry on eating yeah. a balanced diet. I mean even even looking at sort of the idea of eating the rainbow and regardless of what you're eating already it's about having extra vegetables extra sort of nutrition into your diet um, and so, so I, I definitely agree with that and so there has been a lot of as it was spoke about, um, there has been a lot of negative stigma around the whole, you know, body shaming way that media works. Um, if you look at all these TV shows, you know, super skinny or super, um, you know, mm. it, they're just really negatively sort of phrased and really negatively made. And so we're sort of forming the new way, aren't we, um, 
of sort of how the media is going to change and what would you say um, needs to change the most? How do you go about, you know, reducing the shame when it comes to nutrition? Actually making it a positive thing that people actually look forward to and enjoy, you know, looking after. Yeah, I think what's important is changing people's perception of, um, of what your body looks like and, and how, what that means about your health. I think um, it's important to realise that we come in all different shapes and sizes and it's kind of irrespective of what we eat. You know, it depends on genes, it depends on so many things and what a more healthy sort of um, way to assess someone's health is to look at their actions, whether, you know, they're active um, mentally, whether they're healthy, you know, whether they look after themselves, whether they um, take time to sort of be a bit creative or um, have some time to themselves um, you know that includes reading um, or it, like whatever makes you happy um, and also just um, eating you know what we call balanced um, balanced meals with uh, greens whole green uh, whole grains as I said protein all that kind of stuff um, and then it doesn't really matter about your body size or your body shape or anything like that as long as you are incorporating all those healthy all those healthy actions into your life um so i think what's important is that we we move away from this judging people by what they look um and judge people by um their actions and and if they they do have a majority of unhealthy actions you know we don't approach them and be stern and make them feel bad about it we just need to educate them and, and help them uh, be more motivated to incorporate a few more um, healthy actions step by step you know it's not going to happen all at once um, but you know like on a weekly basis just set yourself one goal um, and I think that will help people to want to move towards um, a healthier a healthier lifestyle. I was just, I was just gonna say like I feel like uh, you said that really clearly as well that like nutrition on its own is like good but it also is very closely paired with like exercise and like having a healthy like uh, being physically active and healthy as well Mm -hmm. definitely yeah i mean it's been shown that you know just having regular activity and exercise is as effective as antidepressants in treating depression Mm -hmm. and so it shows about the sort of release the release of endorphins and so there's definitely things that we could sort of promote um, in terms of exercise and there is a major crisis in in the UK but also in, in many parts of the world behind um, sort of mental health but also physical health and sort of mm-hmm. activeness um, and and of course um, obesity that is a big problem as well yeah and I think also you know people think sometimes are a bit scared of exercise because they assume exercise means something really intense and really scary and and long-winded and I, I actually class my own exercise as just taking walks, you know, I try and walk as much as possible and even if it's just 20 minutes a day or half an hour a day, that is my exercise and if that, if, if you're, if you're worried about, you know, taking on a really intense exercise regime, um, just start by walking and not only is it really good for you physically but it's so good for you um, mentally as well, you know, it gives you time to just sort of not be on your phone, um, I listen to podcasts so I like to sort of like educate myself while I'm walking um, and just look around at your surroundings you know take in what's there um, so I think you know don't don't um, assume that exercise means going to the gym and 
sweating out for an hour like exercise can be anything um anything from you know walking to yeah yeah definitely and uh, I, th- I think in general um it's it's just about adding um as much on i'm um, doing more than the minimum that people do and yeah, so exactly yeah so even if it was a case of you know you're going to the kitchen to make food you do some lunges on the way you do for squats when you're waiting yeah. for the microwave just simple things that you could do at home yeah. um which which isn't really just adding time or losing time but it's almost just mm-hmm. filling up that time and hopefully looking at improving lives that way um and so yeah um in terms of sort of your recipes so i've seen a lot of your instagram posts and a lot of some you know really colorful uh, recipes and ideas what sort of things um you know are you, are you doing at the moment anything that you'd recommend uh, what recipe wise? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I just sort of tried to keep to um, the sort of formula of a healthy plate, and that is um, half the plate of vegetables, um, and then you want, um, you know, you want a source of fat as well. You want a source of protein, um, and then some uh, carbohydrates, whether that be you know, you know um, white rice or um, sort of brown rice it it depends both have a place in your diet um and i love brown pasta i love brown rice um but i tend to steer towards um white pasta and white rice because that's just my personal preference um you know some people would assume because you're you're a nutritionist you know why are you eating white rice why are you eating all this stuff um and actually i tell them that um nutrition isn't just about eating you know what's like the most beneficial for your body it's also about what you enjoy eating as well so um yeah that's why i love to cook like my truffle pastas and all that stuff um but uh yeah so i always try and keep as much um vegetables in there as well so when i make like a bolognese for example um whether i use um mincemeat or i use corn i mean that changes all the time as well i always add as many vegetables as i can just just to throw in as much fiber as much um vitamins and minerals um (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) Uh, yeah uh, sorry i forgot what i was saying (laughs) Um, but yeah no my my favorites have to be um pasta with like a nice sauce and i always add as many vegetables as i can i I was just about to actually ask you know with the whole meat um meat and red meat being quite bad for you and things like that um would Mm. you like um would you suggest like having corn as a substitute to normal meat is that a more healthier option um and does it still provide the same nutrients as like normal meat so it still is a good source of protein um but you are missing out on a few things um that mince meat uh, sorry red meat can provide but that doesn't mean you can't get it elsewhere um and the thing is what i what i recommend with um red meat and stuff is especially for people who love red meat is that you don't have to cut it out completely um you know like for, i don't want nutrition to ever be something that scares anyone so um the best thing you can do is just reduce your intake um and don't worry too much about um what nutrients you're missing out on because you can definitely get those nutrients from other sources like dairy um cheese or um if you're vegan um you just have to plan and and um be sort of more variable with your um with your vegetable choices so eating things like kale um 
kale's a great one because it's got loads of um, extra vitamins um, so yeah you, you don't have to completely cut out um, uh, red meat but definitely try and reduce it and so I think a bit earlier on you're talking about sort of how it's really important for you to enjoy food um, and again it's a, it's a, it's a difficult yeah. line um, and a balance between um, you know how negative foods or people that you know, they call it junk food um, they can you know decrease your mental health um, and make you feel worse but then on the other side it's mm-hmm. also when you're having them they release serotonin you know chocolate's a really mm. good sort of serotonin releaser and you know it, it does make you happy so it's a hard balance how, how would you suggest finding that balance so yeah the topic of like emotional eating and the thing is it i personally think it does it does serve a, a purpose you know it helps some people manage that some emotions like boredom um sadness frustration anxiety and i think it is it is misunderstood and demonized um which is a shame because for some people um you know you do like that little pick me up you know if you have a long day at work and you come home and you just want a chocolate bar and it does make you feel it makes you feel a bit better but um i think the problem arises is when you start depending on these things um when you have problems and um the best way to go about it is you know have your treat um but also try and work on the issues and um the things that are making you turn towards those foods um and it's it's hardwired into our bodies you know sugar and fat triggers these reward circuits and releases serotonin dopamine um all these kind of um neurotransmitters that increase our happiness so you know we're all human and you know we're not going to blame you for turning to your favorite foods um but it's definitely important to make sure that your problems aren't taking hold of your eating habits and that you still have some kind of control over it. Yeah. Do do you think it's hard like um when someone's feeling the emotional like emotional insta- instability and things like that for them to realize the fine line between them using it as a pick me up and it's that's okay and then when they become dependent mm. on it and it's really hard to notice that. I think, yeah, it's definitely hard to notice it, but when it gets to a point where you're eating the food without being able to stop yourself, you know, you've you've not got that um, that sort of um, cue in your mind and strength to be like, okay, I'm done with that, I'm going to stop. You're just eating and eating because it's it's the emotions that are causing you to, you know, carry on eating five chocolate bars rather than just having one i think that's when you can recognize that um you know it's 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 more of a your emotions are taking control rather than um you just trying to treat yourself yeah but it is a difficult one as well um especially if anyone is listening um and they do have an eating disorder or something that, that they you know they, that they could be having um then it's a very different sort of story and it's really important that you sort of reach mm. out for help and support there because there there Definitely. is a, a lot of sort of um um, it, it is quite a scary topic now, um, talking about food and, and nutrition, because of how it can yeah. affect people and how it can actually negatively affect people. I mean, just Channel 4 and BBC, a few documentaries have shown um, how sort of out of touch they are at the moment with people's mental health and sort of eating disorders. Even Boris Johnson's whole campaign on you know decreasing obesity, it's gone about in the wrong way. It's all it's all gone gone around sort of calorie labelling and saying, oh, this is this is this is how much you should be eating. Which for someone with an eating disorder, 
can be very detrimental, can't it? And so mm-hmm. I think it's about going and changing it towards a positive way of influencing diets. I think as you rightly and completely right said, you know, not not reducing the amount of food you eat or changing it as much, but adding in things that are healthier, um, adding adding in things that will give you those extra nutrients, um, but also cutting down on the things that you know may not be the best. And so it's it's about balancing, isn't it? I so no, I was just gonna say I have a bit of like an opinionated like um, question. I was just wondering, you know, like with um, the lockdown when we got like relaxed, and then Boris Johnson kind of gave the uh, the eat out to help out scheme. Um, I realised that like there wasn't many places that were that healthy that like also had that offer on, and um, I just think mm. that would you would you associate that scheme with more like it was more of a negative move or, rather than a positive move? For, obviously for the economy it was good, but in terms of like for people who had already experienced a lot of unhealthy eating behaviours over lockdown to then go out and then carry this on. Definitely, I think the main. Well, yeah, that was just an economic move um, by the government. But I think they weren't really taking into consideration the fact that, you know, lockdown may put people in a position where their eating habits completely change because it's it's normal, though. It's normal, um, you know, when, when your surroundings change you don't really know, you don't really have the same routine anymore and stuff. So obviously um, you're going to sort of be stuck with, you know, this these new these new um this new environment that's changing your eating habits and i think the government didn't really think about you know going from that to then all these restaurants that you are now able to afford um because they're so much cheaper and stuff um yeah i don't think i think the government need to pay a bit more attention to um nutrition especially in this time yeah and i I think jamie oliver's done a lot of great work with children on nutrition but I think it's sort of, you know, it goes a bit downwards when it comes to university life, um, and when it yeah. becomes independent, <laughs> and you expect people to, you know, you know, cook healthy, cook, you know, it does take time to cook healthy food. Um, sometimes it is easy just putting in some fish and chips in the oven, isn't it? And so, it, it's the idea of trying to trying to make this whole idea of cooking and creating food a sort of meditative experience, um, mm. and something that's really enjoyable in different ways. And and I think. It is really hard because because it's about balancing it, and lockdown has meant that people aren't exercising, and so they they'll feel a lot of body changes very quickly, uh, right now. And so, what what tips would you give to improve sort of what you're eating or, or the nutrition behind the food? What would you what would you do in lockdown to improve that? Um, I think just be a bit more mindful, um, do a bit of planning. You know, um. I know we're not as busy because we're not rushing around anymore, but it's so easy to get lazy. You know, you're sat on your um, on your couch all days, you know, just doing work from your laptop on your lap or, you know, anything like that. And it kind of puts you in a cycle of, well, you know, I can't be bothered to do this. I can't be bothered to do that. I'm so comfortable here. I'm just going to turn the TV on. Um, and maybe uh, the night before or the morning of just sort of plan right today, um, I'm going to get these ingredients because I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna cook something um, from scratch for dinner instead of you know leaving it to the last minute uh, which we're all we're all um, guilty of um, but just um, maybe even just start small by you know if you're making like a rice dish don't 
don't pressure yourself into making everything from scratch. Um, it's fine if you just want to buy the Uncle Ben's rice and add that uh, last minute. But, you know, vegetables, definitely, um, you want to try and get those fresh um, and cook them yourself, uh, cook them yourself because that's how you're going to retain um, the nutrients better. Um, you, you know, in the in the microwavable meals and stuff, yeah. you've, you've lost a lot of nutrients from the vegetables. Um, so, yeah, just maybe just try and incorporate... Um, you know little little parts of your meal being um homemade and if you can't if you can't do all of it interesting so so in terms of like the methods of cooking have you so especially for vegetables have you seen any differences in terms of nutritional value for the different ways of cooking whether it be frying you know, oven baking or you know boiling yeah so <laughs> i did an experiment actually in my first um in like my first month of my master's and you know what? I'm I can't remember the exact order, but I think it was steaming that was the least, or maybe it was oven first. Yeah. But um, basically, the longer that you cook them, obviously, the least, uh, the less nutritional value they'll have. I need to double check on which one um, um, conserves the nutrients more. Um, but I think boiling was behind steaming, um, and I'm pretty sure um, oven cooking was just before steaming or just after I'm not sure I have to double check yeah. on that sorry but it's very interesting isn't it because just different ways of cooking could be an improvement that people can make quite easily definitely and the other thing I forgot to mention was um, people are, are scared of buying frozen vegetables and actually a lot of the time the frozen vegetables have more nutrients than the fresh vegetables because you know they're obviously frozen straight away before they're transported um, and the fresh vegetables vegetables have um, lost a bit of their nutrients from um, you know from the moment they were picked on the farm to um, being you know st- stacked on top of each other um, in the in the supermarket so um, don't be afraid to buy um, frozen vegetables I could literally talk about that forever like there's so many myths like even things like oh god I think things that we're brought up on um, on as kids you know a lot of them came from um, food companies trying to advertise things um, to the public and that created you know like your what your mum tells you about food and stuff like that um, and I think yeah definitely the frozen fruit one you know the frozen vegetable one you sort of you've got this idea in this in your head that um frozen things aren't as nutritious when actually you know us nutritionists say something completely different and it it does save a lot of time as well um you know you can get pre-cut vegetables (laughs) it's just you know chuck them them in the the, the, the pan and so yeah that's been really insightful but yeah are there any any other comments you want to talk about in terms of nutrition um and, and mental health um yeah so um basically i made a couple of notes you know bullet points that i wanted to cover um so i've got them here um but basically like any organ um the brain 
needs different amounts of nutrients and water um, and that will keep it healthy and support like the healthy uh, neurotransmitter activity um, so neurotransmitters are just chemicals that sort of um, are released in our brain and cause us to feel um, different emotions and different um, you know happiness stuff like that so um, what's really important for your brain is um, carbs and that is the main source of fuel for your brain. Um, you, you, don't, you can't actually get fuel. Um, there are ketone bodies, but I won't go into that. But the main source of fuel for um, your brain is, is carbs. And um, it's important as well to try and keep those carbs as complex as possible. So that means, you know, like um, whole meal bread, whole meal um, whole grain rice like all these sort of things because they release um, the sugar into your blood at a much slower rate and what happens is um, if you've got a slower release of sugar into your uh, bloodstream to your brain you're not going to have like um, you know peaks and troughs of blood sugar and that's going to keep your mood um, much more stable than if you were um, for instance to eat a chocolate bar which would cause a very rapid um, peak in your blood sugar and then um, a very rapid decline and that is what sort of gives you that sort of tired feeling after you get that sugar boost um, so you want to sort of avoid those um, the next thing is essential fats are really important for your brain um, and there's so much more evidence now um, of how important these fats are and I'm talking about things like omega-6 and omega-3 and they've even found that um, if you don't have enough omega-3 in your diet um, it, it's actually implicated with a number of mental health problems like depression, um, memory problems, concentration problems so increasing your intake of omega-3 um, can be really helpful uh, for your mental health and you get omega-3 from um, oily fish mainly so like salmon, trout, um, sardines as well, fresh tuna um, and if you are vegan and you don't eat fish um, you can get supplements too um, the only problem with supplements is they haven't actually shown the same benefits in the research but um, you know, you never know, maybe more research needs to be done on them. Um, but you need to make sure that you're getting um, the EPA uh, slash DHA supplements um, when you're looking for your omega-3 uh, supplements. Um, the third thing is protein. Protein is so important. Um, I mean, it's important for everything in your body, but especially for your brain because um, it provides the building blocks for all those neurotransmitter chemicals that you need, like serotonin, um, dopamine. Um, that's what you need to keep your mood elevated and um, that comes from amino acids and you get amino acids through eating um, protein. Your, your body also um, makes some itself, but um, if you eat more protein, you know, it's going to be really beneficial. Um, and with fruits and vegetables, um, I mean, we all know how important fruits and vegetables are, but they've actually been, um, high fruit and vegetable consumption has actually been associated with higher levels of mental well-being. And the vitamins and minerals from, uh, from fruits and vegetables help your brain work in a number of ways. So, for example, um, 
they help essential fatty acids to be incorporated into the brain. They help amino acids to convert into neurotransmitters. So you, the most important ones you want to focus on are B vitamins like B12, uh, B6. Vitamin D is also really important. Um, and deficiencies in micronutrients can lead to mental health problems. So you want to make sure that um, your micronutrient um, levels are um, up to scratch and you can keep you know that that just means having a balanced diet as I mentioned earlier you know you don't need to take multivitamins if you're if you're eating everything that you need to be eating um, and the last thing I wanted to mention which is like a new upcoming um, field of nutrition um, and that is the gut microbiota because we're actually starting to find um, that, you know, those bacterial friends of ours down in our gut, they have an impact on um, our brain chemistry. And they, so they basically digest anything that we can't digest. So, for example, fibre, um, like that we sort of ingest as we eat fruits and vegetables and whole grains, um, our bodies actually can't digest them so it's our bacteria that will digest them for us and what the bacteria does is it releases um, these short chain fatty acids so they're just these little uh, short uh, molecules and these molecules we then absorb into our bloodstream and they travel all over our bodies so they can sort of help us out in so many various ways um, and they've actually found that these um, short chain fatty acids um, influence brain chemistry um, and you know so that's really important in um, in our diet so make sure that you're keeping your gut bacteria happy and that's through probiotics um, so that includes eating things like yogurt or fermented foods um, and also prebiotics and when I say prebiotics um, I'm talking about fiber um, because that is what feeds our gut bacteria um, and at the end of the day I don't know if you knew this but 90% of our serotonin is um, made in our gut so and you, we all know how important serotonin is for the brain so you know you you really want to keep your gut and your your gut bacteria happy and the answer to that really is um through your diet i mean that itself is just really insightful uh, i think that's why i love le- doing these podcasts is because you get to learn so much about different things um that you don't really get to learn about in day-to-day life and so I never knew that 90% of serotonin is created in the gut. Mm. It just shows back to how, how important that link is, isn't it? I, I was just going to say, um, in terms of like nutrition, I think um, a lot of people relate it to, when it's talk about nutrition, to just like cut loads of things out and just like just like have the bare minimum. And it's a lot of, I associate a lot of it with calories and calorie intake, but you, like, I think it's like the yeah. main main word that you said earlier, that you said, which was variety and making sure that you keep everything in, in your diet is like really important because I was just thinking like in terms of like calories, you could have like, a whole pizza and like eat it over a whole day and have your whole calorie intake from a pizza but you wouldn't get those those key vitamins that you're you just explained help with our brain um so Mm -hmm. does that mean like you'd get like short-term um short-term pleasure with the with with a pizza because obviously they release those things it makes your mood Mm -hmm. go like that um Mm -hmm. 
And like obviously, so like, are calories actually an important factor, or is it more about what food, what food contains? Um, obviously, calories is like the basis because um, that's like a measurement of the energy that's coming in. And obviously, we need energy to function. Um, but the calories aren't portraying um, what's in the food like nutritionally. And um, so when we talk about pizza, I personally, I don't want to say it's, you know, it's bad or it's not got any nutrients because it does, you know, like it's, it's got fat, it's got um, carbs in it, it's got, um, I mean, the tomato sauce I'm sure has a few vitamins and stuff. So it's not, it's not bad for you. It's just less nutritious than, you know, like a, like a, um, a normal meal with lots of vegetables and meat and stuff um, or protein sauce. Um, so what I would say is that it's probably the least of your worries. I mean, people who are trying to manage their weight need to focus on their calories. You know, if you're trying to gain weight, you would need to up them. If you're trying to lose weight, um, you would need to reduce them by only a small amount um, to do it healthily. Um, but at the end of the day, what you want to focus more is um, on the variety, as you said, of what you're eating. Um, and if you don't want to cut pizza out, don't cut it out. Maybe just decide to have, you know, three slices with a side of veg and, you know, something else like a, a protein sauce, your favourite protein sauce, um, instead of saying no pizza at all. So that's that's how I would approach it. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much for, for today. I think it's really been insightful and something that's really interesting. Where is the best place for everyone to find you? Um, so I am on Instagram at uh, Nuna's Nutrition, and I also have a website, um, and that's www.nutritionwithnuna.co.uk. Um, so those are my two platforms. Um, I will be, once I've done these um, consultations next week, I will be opening up um, appointments uh, for clients, new clients. Um, so just stay tuned on, on my social media platforms to, to, to know when they're, they're all coming out. Amazing. And so, Destiny, thank you so much for sort of hosting this with me. I think it's been great to sort of learn so much about nutrition um, and its effects on mental health. It's been great. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. I found this so, so insightful. Much. I think it's been really insightful, really, really good podcast. And thank you for having me, Sean. <laughs>